0: Amen. Let's thank the worship team this morning. Okay, so um, get uh, your copy of God's Word in front of you. Get it open in Genesis chapter 1. Um, We're uh, in this series, Mind Wars, and uh, we're going to go to work today um, taking down some strongholds or making some moves to uh, equip us, train us, prepare us um, in our minds, in our lives, um, to tear down some places that... Uh, in our life just need to go, amen? Just needs to go, and uh, we want to learn to use this spiritual weapon, the Word of God, um, empowered by God's Spirit to give us what we need um, to tear down strongholds that can exist in our minds. Um, This week, uh, we need to reflect on the fact that there is a way, as you think about um, your life and other people's lives, Um, There's a perspective about your value, about your value, that can get entrenched into your mind. Have you noticed that? There's a perspective about your value that can uh, get burnt into your thought patterns in a variety of ways. It could be, for some, um, a common one is, Uh, people look back maybe to their relationship with their earthly parents, and maybe it was the verbal abuse of an angry parent. The constant attempts as a child to live up to their expectations, always trying, never succeeding. You started to feel like you were never enough. And sometimes the words began to come out that fixed themselves in your heart and mind. Words like you're a failure or you'll never amount to anything or you're a disappointment. It could be a parent or a fill in the blank. Like, it, it could be a, a coach or a boss or a friend, a spouse, a pastor, anyone who's been given influence over your life. Or it could actually be your own struggle with sin uh, with, with your weaknesses, with failures. Uh, sometimes it's the constant—the uh, way that we constantly compare ourselves to other people. And in doing so, what, what, what tends to happen in our hearts and in the sinful flesh is we tend to focus on our weaknesses, exaggerate our weaknesses, and downplay our strengths. Or sometimes what people do is they attach their worth to something, that they shouldn't, and when that thing changes or it shifts or it goes away, they're left struggling with the feelings of worthlessness. Brick by brick, each thought begins to develop itself into a pattern of thinking, and before long, the person is held behind, captivated by a stronghold that's developed that declares over your life, I am worthless. But in this series because of what Jesus Christ has done and because of the power of the resurrection, we're not talking about strongholds so that we can keep staring at them, amen. We're not talking about strongholds so that we can continue to live under their shadow. Remember 2 Corinthians 10:3 through 6. We talked about it last week. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. There it is. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. No, we're not going to stare at strongholds, and, and we're not going to any longer, if we want to uh, grab hold of the truth that God's word gives us, we're not going to stand under the shadow of those strongholds anymore. Instead, we're going to take the word of God, we're going to learn to refute some arguments, we're going to bring down some lofty opinions, and we're going to take captive our thoughts to obey Christ. And in doing so, brick by brick, moment by moment, Those strongholds can fall. They can fall in your life and in mine. And so let's sharpen our understanding of God's word this morning so that we can destroy this stronghold in our life. Truth from God's word speaks a better word, amen? And here it is, the big idea from God's word. You are made in God's image. You are made in God's image. And if we want to understand this, we we can't just... Say that and then just be like, let's pray and go home. We've got to get ourselves into God's word because the power's in God's word and this is a sword of the spirit empowered by God to help you wage war against the times when you could be tempted or in places where that stronghold exists, we've got to know how to tear it down. So three biblical realities to sharpen this truth in your life. First, all human beings are given value by their Creator. Genesis chapter 1, very beginning of your Bible. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 28. Read with me. Then God said, let us, let us. Okay, just stop there for a second. Um, you're like, us? Let us? Is, is he like, has God convened a meeting? Um, yes, he has convened a meeting. It's with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This, in the first chapter of the Bible, is a picture of the Trinity. It says, let us make man, you and me, in our image. In the image of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. After our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And just in case we missed it the first time, God reiterates it. So, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And then the first part of verse 28 is so key. It says, it says there, it says, And God blessed them. Church, right here, in the very beginning of the redemptive story, God is giving you a foundation for how you should understand your identity. It is giving you the frame, um, I, I, and every other part of your life should fit within this frame. You are made in the image of God. You were created to reflect his likeness. I, literally, this, this verse, this passage, gives us a, a glimpse of like, hey, the God the Father and the Holy Spirit, they came together, they had a meeting. They were like, okay, let's do this whole creation thing. Uh, What are we gonna do? Let's let's make them in our image after our likeness. And then they made it happen. Because when you got a when you got a meeting with with those sort of powers at the at the at the table, like anything can happen. And then he blessed the creation. He didn't just do, he didn't just plan it and do it. They planned it and did it. And then for, I believe for us, it was affirmed. The fact that God blessed his creation here is powerful language. The word blessed means that God, with supreme authority over all creation, because he's the creator, he gets to have the authority. He's invoked divine favor. this, This declares at the very beginning of the redemptive story that God has a positive disposition towards his creation. It shows his attitude, it shows his posture, it shows his emotional response to you as his created beings. Write this down, you are made in God's image. The very substance of your being has been formed by him. And when this is the case, what we have to see, friends, is that this truth is the foundation for how you should think about yourself And it should be the foundation for how you think about others. Is this fundamental Genesis 1 theology that you were made in God's image? How you understand your worth and the worth of others starts here. Every human is created in the image of God. And this is not just key for the redemptive story. It is foundational for the redemptive story. You can't talk about the call to love others without first understanding that people are created in the image of God. This is so important. See, see what happens is, is when we don't have a, a solid understanding of our value before God, you want to know what the human heart starts to do? You want to know what you and I start to do? We, we start to become needy for affirmation. And we start to reach out for affirmation in a variety of ways. If you don't find security in what God says here in Genesis chapter 1, then you'll attach your value to anything that could possibly affirm you. Any little bit of affirmation, you're going to be like, I'm attaching myself to that. And that could be a person or a group of people. That could be a job, a sport, a hobby. It could be a role you have in church or anything else that gives affirmation. So the question this morning as we think about this is what are you attaching your value to? And so I got this very interesting creation, Mommy's Helper. This is apparently to, um, I've seen this, and I, they didn't really have these when I had little kids, but Mommy's Helper is to put around a little child, and then you can kind of, it's like a kid's leash. I mean, let's be honest. If you've got two little kids, and they're running all sorts of different ways, do whatever you can, you know, keep them alive. Let's go. And so um, what you do here is, um, this attaches to something. And, and the picture I, I want you to have is, in the same way that this is used to give you a sense of security that your kids aren't going to run into traffic, um, in the same way, um, I want this to be a picture of the way that we take our value that impacts the very trajectory of the way we think about our lives, and so often we just attach it to anything that shows us affirmation. And you know that when you do that, if that thing is going good, where does your affirmation go? Good. If that thing's not going good, all of a sudden now your affirmation and your value is tanking. Good, value high. Bad, value low. And to make this even more clear, let's just imagine that as we're talking about mind wars that this is like, attached to our heads it's really great I don't have hair don't have to worry about that and and so so listen listen here's what we do as we start to think about these things we attach ourselves to things and now our thoughts are pulled in the direction of what we've attached your value to and we do this all the time we we switch and then we're like nah that's not going to be value I'm going to come over here let me try this and then our minds get pulled this way and our thinking gets impacted by this And we do this with so many different things. Listen, listen, this is the fundamental reason why we struggle with instability in our thinking and I think as a result of that often our emotions. With no foundation for your worth. When you've attached it to so many different things that go up or down all the time that are uh, unstable and, and, and not steady. It leads to an insecurity and an instability that then can lead to a lack of satisfaction, it can lead to anxiety, it can lead to a host of other unhealthy emotions and patterns of thinking that then often lead to unhealthy and dangerous behaviors. Stop attaching your value to lesser things, to lesser beings, to lesser pursuits. You can continue to to value a variety of things in your life. Do not attach your worth to them. Unhook your worth from anything lesser. Be careful even of some things where you're affirmed because you can very quickly start to attach your worth to that. And now when that thing doesn't exist in your life anymore, I see this happen all the time in the church with parents. They rightly I want to care for my kid, disciple my kid, whatever. And then they move away and they're like, "Uh, I feel worthless." Because you attached your worth to something lesser. Hand your worth. Church, I promise when you do this, you'll find that there's a bunch of hooks like just laying everywhere, all attached to your thinking. And, and what you need to do is you need to not just unattach them from things that you've get found your worth from. You need to take them and you need to connect them back to God again and again and again. He should be the sole foundation of your worth. You've been given value by a creator that loved you enough to create you and create you in his image for a purpose. That's all you need. That is all you need to have unquestionable, unchanging dignity and worth. Let this truth and reality speak louder than any other voice. No human being will ever come close to to giving you more value than your creator already has. Based on nothing that you did no human with their words or actions in addition can steal or reduce the worth of what you have in the eyes of god nothing has happened in your life that's reduced diminished shrunk in any way the value you have because god in his sovereign wisdom created you and and can we can we also why we're on this subject can we please in the church uh, stop the, um, I've done this too at times, can, can we stop the false humility and self-depreciation? Like, here, here's what we do. We quote 1 Timothy 1.15 and we declare that like Paul, I am the worst of all sinners. Do you know how bad I am? But you're taking the verse out of context. The verse before says the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus, right? Before he mentions anything about his own sin, he roots himself in the foundation of God's love and affection and grace towards him in Christ Jesus. we got to knock some things off. We just stop at the false humility and self-depreciation. Real biblical humility comes under the authority of what God's word says. You are created in the image of God every ounce of your being. God favors you. He's for you. Live out of this dignity. Repent of any place that you've attached your worth to anything except for what God says. Ask for forgiveness for the places that you've been chasing and looking for and longing for affirmation in. You don't have to. You have everything that you need for life and godliness and goodness and health in what God has already spoken. This truth that that God has created you in his image is the first truth that we use to wage war against any stronghold that would say, I am worthless. That's the first biblical reality. Second biblical reality that helps us tear down the I am worthless stronghold is that sin has corrupted the creation. If you want to tear down this stronghold, it's important to understand and have clarity on why it is so difficult. Why is this stronghold emerged so quickly in our lives? Why is it hard to sometimes have clarity about our worth as image bearers? Why is this a huge stronghold in so many people's lives? Um, In Romans 8, Paul talks about how a creation is in bondage to corruption. So so whether it's the brokenness of the world or the reality of living in sinful flesh surrounded by and impacted by the sinful flesh and the impact of that in other people, we know that God's creation is in bondage to corruption. This side of eternity, what the the term a lot of times um, theologians have used and pastors well before me have said, they've said that because of sin, creation is marred or corrupted. It just doesn't look right. It's it's not complete. There's some place that it needs to get back to. It's been messed up. I want you to see what happens so that you can understand the impact of sin on the image of God. I want you to see what happens when we believe. I want you to think with me for a moment on what happens when we fail to believe that we're made in the image of God. I I believe more than than the impact of, oh, hey, it's creation, not evolution, way more important than that um, argument is the argument that lies underneath it, which is that based on creation, we're made in the image of God, right? Because when that gets eliminated, here's what happens. When that unbiblical thought lands at the center of your heart and my heart, and it begins to do its work, It is the starting point for so much that's wrong in our world. Think about it. Any kind of discrimination, any kind of discrimination, is a focus on some aspect of our differences as opposed to valuing the beauty and the power of the fact that we've all been created in the image of God. The starting point for any semblance of unity starts with the understanding that Others and myself are made in the image of God. And so then worth, um, worthy of dignity and respect. When we assess anyone with a lesser value, just please see with me how it opens the door for all degrees of hate. Like that word hate, to move in that direction, requires that you are dropping the truth that people are made in the image of God. And when hate begins to play out, either hate to yourself or hate to other people, it can lead to abuse, neglect, watch this, abuse, neglect, murder, genocide. All of it, fundamentally at its core, is because we've not taken hold of the truth that people are made in the image of God. Even in our our sinful need for affirmation from others, if unchecked, it can lead to unhealthy relationships. At the foundation of sexual immorality is a lack of understanding that you were made in the image of God. And that God gave order and dignity to every part of that part of our lives. If, if you're struggling with codependency, it's a flaw in your understanding of the fact that you're made in the image of God. Staying in un- abusive relationships, fear and anxiety, and so many other things in relationship are because sin has corrupted creation. It leads humans to do awful things to each other. And some of us in this room and certainly in our world have places where um, the walls of the stronghold of I am worthless are high and thick and deep because of the way that we've walked through very serious Seasons of abuse and neglect and trauma. And it's rooted itself in our way of thinking. It's all a result of the way that sin has corrupted creation. And I want to speak this gospel truth over you this morning. Not believing that suddenly every aspect of the wall falls down. Remember, it's a war. It doesn't matter the degree to which you've experienced this corruption caused by sin. The word of God declares loudly over your life. You are created in God's image. You don't have to be. You don't have to be defined by the corruption that sin has brought. You don't have to be defined by the corruption whether it was uh, done to you or whether you were the one that did it. You don't have to be defined by that anymore. You can start to systematically, by faith, out of a relationship with God, begin to take hold of, by faith, the right biblical truths that need to replace unbiblical thoughts. And we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. Do you see it, church? Sin will lead you to unbiblical thinking. Sin will teach you arguments and lofty opinions. Sin will teach you to to declare things like, I am created randomly, so I can do whatever I want. Or, my only purpose is what I want. Or, you do you. All of those things are lies that have the potential to harm yourself and others. Strongholds are established when we take hold of unbiblical lies, and hell is unleashed. The enemy wins, and we lose. At best, at best, A failure to understand that you were created in the image of God will lead to an unending pursuit of affirmation that can never be satisfied. And at worst, it gives justification for the worst of human evil. Instead, we want to destroy them. We want to destroy them. And so write this down. Every choice to sin is a decision to live outside of the truth of what you were created to be. Every choice to sin is a decision to live outside of the truth of what you were created to be. And yes, sin mars and it corrupts and it dilutes the the image of God in you. And the reality of sin and brokenness means that that in this life it it will never be crystal clear. But in the next, it will be completely and totally crystal clear. But any move through the work of the gospel and the revelation of God's word that brings just a a bit, just one half of a percent of clarity to a person's life or to a person that you look at and see the image of God emerging from them is glorious and it's beautiful. And so any little bit of victory is to be praised and God is to be worshipped as a result of it. It is awesome when the image of God is seen more clearly. And I've been asking and praying in the midst of this message that God would just let you see it a little more clearly. It's awesome. God's vision for you is to be an image bearer. But be aware, sin has corrupted the creation. And if your eyes have been open to this truth, and if you're like, yeah, yeah, I I, can see that. You're, There's probably something within you that as we think about the beautiful picture of what God has created us to be and then the way sin is corrupted, what happens in creation when they recognize that uh, difference, they start to groan. I can see it on some of your faces, just a, oh, it's true. I do that. I do that to others. I know others that are wrestling with that. And so, We long to be freed from the bondage of corruption. And so we need a solution for this problem, and that's why we have to end with this next point. The next point, final point this morning is this. Christ, Christ wants to restore God's image in you. Turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. That's where we're going to conclude at today. Read with me, starting in verse 17. Now, just a quick backdrop. Paul has done a phenomenal job of unpacking all aspects of the gospel. He's um, talked about different pieces. Now he's immersed himself in the beginning of chapter 4, talking about the body of Christ, the giftedness of people, how we're supposed to be built up into this you know, strong foundation of the church. And then verse 17. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their what church? Their minds were on it. They are darkened in their understanding, another mind reference. Alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, another mind reference. Alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance is in them due to their hardness of heart, the impact of sin. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. And then verse 20, Paul says, But that is not the way you learned Christ! Exclamation point. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him, as the truth is in Jesus, and then he lays out the freedom move to put off your old self which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your, what church? Minds. And to put on the new self, and look at this, straight reference to Genesis 1. He says, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. There it is. Christ wants to restore God's image in you. See, in our faith, what we do is we take hold of our identity. Part of our faith in Christ is is taking hold of, is allowing for there to be a restoration of God's image in you. Through the work of what Jesus Christ has done in the gospel, through the power of the Spirit, through and out of our relationship with Him. Christ has invited us to come on this journey of redemption and renewal. And look at where it starts, church. It starts in our minds. Whether it's making us aware of things we weren't aware of, it's leading us to greater understanding, it's a renewal of our minds, it's a war in our minds. Redemption and renewal from the way sin has marred and corrupted God's creation is possible only in relationship with Jesus. He's the one that leads and directs and empowers. This has been his plan all along for you to take off the old self and put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. And I realized this week that this journey of redemption is really a journey back. It's a journey back to what God's intentions were in the beginning. For you and for me. It's for us not just to know that we've been created in the image of God, but for us to live out of that truth so that it impacts every layer of our lives. Over time, through the gospel and through proximity to Jesus and relationship with Him and abiding in Him, you are cleansed and restored by the purifying work of Christ forgiveness and grace. And so I just wanted this morning, in in an effort to serve you and us, is just I want you to see the picture really clearly. So Dylan Shaw, why don't you come on up? Um, Many of you who don't know Dylan, Dylan serves, kind of overseeing our adult ministries um, at our church, community groups, so many other things. Um, How many of you guys are thankful for Dylan's ministry to our church? Those of you who don't know Dylan, um, a, about a year ago we, um, we shared a, uh, a video, kind of a God at work video of what God's done in Dylan's life. And, and Dylan's a life, um, he's got a story. Uh, he was raised in an um, abusive uh, family. He took that on and began to live out of that pain that he had felt. It led him to be surrounded with a group of people. It eventually led to um, a series of armed robberies and 13 years of incarceration as a punishment for that. And uh, what I have recognized in getting to know Dylan and in our friendship is, is that um, this idea of I am worthless is a, a a stronghold that gets built in people's lives. And this morning what I want Dylan just to do is just share just a few key Thoughts that developed into a stronghold in his life. So why don't you share? For those of you that don't know and we're all thankful for Dylan's story didn't end there in prison through the love of some key people and through the work of God's spirit God revealed himself to Dylan and Dylan gave his life to Jesus and And as he um, began to walk with Jesus out of this relationship with him, he started to realize and and started to think differently about his life. He began to understand, step by step, that that God had created him in his image. He began began to redefine the way that he was thinking about himself. And as he took hold of Jesus, he started to see that that in Jesus' death, he had um, taken that sin in his body, on the tree, on the cross. Not just the sin that had been done to him, but also the sin that he had done. And then through faith, as he began to grab hold of those truths, in relationship with Jesus, and through the encouragement of God's people representing Jesus to him, He began to do what Paul encourages us in Ephesians 4. He just began to put these things off. And he began to see that these these things don't need to stick to my soul and to my heart any longer. That I have freedom from those things. But, But the glory of the gospel as you see here in Ephesians 4 is better than even just that. It doesn't leave us at a place where it says, hey, you're just going to put off some things because God's come. It says that there's some things to put on. There's some words that the gospel speaks over our lives that can meet us right in the places where we feel worthless. And I want us to see this morning, though, before I walk through these, that this is not just Uh, something for us to understand as though it's the only relationship of understanding that I'm not worthless, that I'm made in the image of God, is just between me and God. Yes, it starts there, but this is a community work. Paul was writing to a church. And so we're going to practice something that's really important because I want us not just to be people who know about our worth, about the fact that we've been made in the image of God. I also want us to speak it over other people's lives. And so we're going to practice this morning with Dylan. as just a picture of what the gospel's done in his life. And so there's going to be a statement up on the screen. And I just want to, when I tell you, I just want you to speak that towards Dylan's life. Let's do it. First one. Say it, church. You are reconciled. The next one, say it. You are loved. Say it, you are set free. That's right. Next one, say it with me. You were made righteous. And finally, and most importantly, you are made in God's image. Right. Amen this morning. Let's thank God for the work of the gospel. Amen. Amen. You don't have to wear those all day. (laughs) Listen, church, listen. That good news is not just for Dylan. That good news is for every single person that's sitting in every chair in this room. It is the truth that God wants to speak over every single human being. What Jesus accomplished on the cross and announced in his resurrection is for everyone who puts their faith in Jesus. Amen? And listen, listen, authority for that truth that you can use to take the walls down of the stronghold that speaks over your life, I am worthless, comes down when we recognize that the authority comes outside of our insecurity. The authority comes outside of our insecurity that we all wrestle with. Your authority for being created in the image of God and loved and all of those beautiful things that the gospel speaks, the authority comes outside of our insecurity because we take hold of, by faith, Jesus. And in right relationship with him, you can tear down any stronghold that declares you are worthless. But you have to be honest and take hold of the truth. Identity change comes out of an abiding relationship with Christ, It gives you a new identity. You're not holding on to some like, oh, I know all the biblical principles. You're holding on to a new person that redefines who you are in light of his authority. So stop giving your authority to other lesser things. And attach your authority to the one who wants to speak over your life that you're made in his image. He wants you to see that sin has corrupted creation. He wants to restore God's image in you. Let the divine artist come and and scrub off the places where sin has marred creation and repaint you for his glory. Let, Let the bright colors of the gospel of grace be freshly painted over the dark places where sin has marked your life for too long. Let the potter take the the dirty, corrupt pile of clay in his loving hands and slowly and carefully work out the impurities and form you into the image of his son for his glory. This is the gospel declared to us in Ephesians 4. It is the glory and the power and the beauty of the renewal and restoration possible in the gospel. By faith, put off the old self. And as you've learned in Christ, put on the new self. Let God restore and renew your minds so that you can go back to be what you were created to be. Christ wants to restore God's image in you. These two passages up on the screen that we've walked through today, I want you to see them as like, two weapons that you can take into the war against the stronghold that says that you are worthless this is what we use through faith in Jesus by his grace empowered by the spirit to start tearing down some strongholds you are not worthless you are made in God's image and as Dylan showed us there is a sweetness that comes when we're transparent enough to say, I struggle here. And so I want to challenge us today. I'm not going to ask anybody to come up front and share anything like Dylan did. But if this is a struggle for you in any way, I believe that there is something powerful that happens when we respond before God's people and just in honesty, say, yeah, this is, this is an area for me. And so I just want to encourage you this morning because I want to see some people that I know I want to be praying for. If you struggle with this stronghold in any way, to any degree, I just encourage you just to stand up right now and just say, this is me. Amen. Praise God for your courage. Thank you. This is a stronghold in our lives. And the gospel is about to start bringing it down. Amen. And so in your standing, know that in your standing, you're standing up into the confidence and I believe by faith wanting to take hold of these truths. And if you're around them, I'm going to pray in just a moment. If you're around them and if it's somebody you know, I want you just to uh, stand up, put your arm around them, or lay your hand on their shoulder. If you're near somebody, you can just put your hands out as just a, a, a symbol that I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm praying. I would speak, I would sit with you and I would speak all of those things that we just spoke over Dylan. I would speak them over you and your life. And so let's just stand in this together as the Church of Jesus Christ. And let me just pray over us. God, I'm asking that in the power of your spirit for your glory alone that some strongholds would start to fall. Maybe it's just a piece of a brick but even a piece of a brick is going to reveal the glory of your creation and, and bring joy and encouragement. So even if it's just a little bit, God, bring it down. God, but I'm asking for more. I'm asking that some bricks would fall, some walls would fall. Maybe even this morning that what would begin would be the whole toppling of a stronghold that would speak over someone's life, the ungodly and unbiblical truth that they are worthless. And I'm thankful, God, that your gospel speaks a better word. And we as a church family, starting in our own faith and relationship with Jesus and then looking out to others, it's time that we stopped letting these strongholds be built in people's lives. Let us speak loudly and clearly and consistently that we are a people made in the image of God. Continue, Father, to stir us up with honesty before you and honesty with others. Let us rally together to take down some strongholds in people's lives. Thank you, God, for the freedom you want to bring. Thank you for your goodness to us. Continue, Father, even as we sing now to take hold of these truths. Let the strongholds fall. Father, we are not worthless. We are created in your image. Let us take hold of that. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.